Hello and welcome to Rusted Junk, um, episode three, season four, episode three, where we look at the 1986 film, The Mosquito Coast, starring, as you can see behind me, oops, Harrison Ford, River Phoenix, uh, Helen Mirren, uh, uh, Hillary and Rebecca Gordon, we'll get to that in a moment, Andre Gregory, it's great, it's fantastic, you're going to love this, here's the trailer. We eat when we're not hungry, we buy what we don't need, and throw away everything that's useful. There are people in New York that live on pet food and would kill you for a quarter. You don't dare take a walk for fear somebody will stick a knife in your ribs. Why sell a man what he wants? Sell him what he doesn't need. Pretend he's got eight legs and two stomachs and money to burn. It's wrong. Some said he was a genius. Honey, he's gonna love it. I'm gonna knock his socks off. I'm gonna straighten his hair. But Dad, what is it? It's perfection. That's what it is. Some thought it was madness. Nobody ever thinks of leaving this country. I do. I think about it every day. Tell him he is a dangerous man. And one of these days he's going to get you all killed. He wanted to change the world. What is it you want? Elbow room. Come on. And when the world wouldn't listen. Goodbye, America. Have a nice day. He found a world that would. Can you see it, Mother? See what, Ali? Beautiful house, right in front of you. Minus in a house. To a land trapped in the past. State your business, Reverend. It's the Lord's business. The Lord hasn't any idea this place exists. Came a man with a vision of the future. <laughs> Their father can do magic. <laughs> it's not magic, it's science. To a savage wilderness. There's hope here, Mother. There's hope here. Came a man at odds with himself. That's why I'm here! That's why I came! <laughs> a man who would take those who loved him... Can you smile for me, Arthur? ...to the edge of civilization. I think something's going to happen. Oh, my God! Why are you doing this to us? We cannot go back. And beyond... Harrison Ford in his most remarkable performance. All your work. So sorry. <laughs> I'm happy. We're free. The Mosquito Coast. So, Mosquito Coast. Hmm. Yeah. I love the bit in the trailer, Harrison Ford in his most memorable performance. I'm like, oh, okay. Not Indiana Jones and not Han Solo. And this uh, was 1986. 1986. So all uh, basically um, Temple of, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom were done. And all three Star Wars films are done. But apparently this is his most memorable performance. So what I would say is if we were playing Pointless and we were going into the street, and we say, in 1980, what is Harrison's Ford's most memorable performance? This would be a pointless answer. I know we keep mentioning this game show, Pointless, for our American <laughs> friends. You may already have it now. I don't know. But um, it's a game where you would have to list the the, the least the, the answer that nobody would think of. And I'm guessing it would be Mosquito Coast. So, sorry, Mr. Trailer Man. I think you're wrong. Anyway, so... 
Um, Maybe they did that just to boost the footfall to cinemas to get people to watch it. No, uh, no. Well, hang. Yeah, hang on. There's yeah. some merit in that. Is it? It is a memorable performance because I rem. I I certainly never forgot it. So it was nice to to revisit it. I would say in some ways, but um, most memorable. Hmm. Okay, right. Let's get to the all important. The thing about the thing. Uh, the scores on the doors. Uh, as ever, ladies first. That doesn't Six. mean me. Six. Six. Mm, six. Six. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm going six and a half. I know. I know. We normally try and I, I would say why six. I'm going six and a half. Why six? Why the half? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, we'll get to that. Why six? Yeah, I would have given it five, but had it not been for River Phoenix. Oh, that's 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 my point five. Oh, okay. Okay. See. All right. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a really good actor, isn't he? Taken taken too soon. Oh, we will get to that. I've got some um, interesting uh, uh, things to tell you about River Phoenix um, and why this film was probably a bit more um, personal to him uh, than maybe something like Stand by Me. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, when we get to it. Um, yeah, six and a half. I, I always, I always had this in my mind as a, as a sort of seven and a half, eight out of ten film. Oh, and you go yeah. back, and, mm. and then you go back and watch it, and you go, it, it's good. I don't think you think it's good. I, I think it's good. You think it's a five out of ten film without River Phoenix. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think it would pass the would you watch me again test with you. No, I wouldn't. Right, okay. It would annoy me. What what would annoy you? Um the plot. <laughs> right. Oh, so it's not a performance. Well, I don't think Harrison Ford is particularly great in it to be perfectly honest. <sighs> My goodness. But Maybe it's because it didn't really gel with the character that he was right. playing. And I thought the whole storyline was just absurd. But whether right. or not that was the point, I don't know. But okay. I wouldn't really expect any normal sort of scientist to uproot their family and go and live in a desolate area with no infrastructure. No, yeah now obviously i i, I haven't read the especially book. with young kids that was just for me that was irresponsible i know it's great to have adventures but surely you'd check the basics before you'd go wouldn't you it, it's more i think it'd be more palatable certainly when i was watching the film that if he said do you know what we're going away for a year and then we're coming back after a year mm. right we're going to do all of this but there is a finite time on this and that's it and yeah then, you know um, but it, it literally is, you know, I mean, we'll get to it. It's like, goodbye, America, you know, have a nice day. You saw that in the trailer. And you're kind of like, wow. Yeah, I think it, it, it was, well, I don't know. Do we talk about it now or do we talk about it after roll call? I don't mind. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's let's do roll call. Okay. And then we'll get into it. Because I, I, I personally think this is a tricky film because there's a there's a lot of things in it. And I'm not sure, even with our initial scores, we're being entirely fair. So let's let's mm-hmm. let's progress. Let's progress it. Okay. Because I right. mean, sometimes have I ever changed your score? By the way, 
I have a have you, have you ever changed my score? Have I ever? No, I've fiddled it. Yeah, I get a, I get a deep fake, and I, I, I put back to school at not, ten out of ten. Oh, you oh, deep faked me. Rave, raved, yeah, you raved about back to school. Everyone, everyone thought you loved it. Anyway, um, have I ever caused you to change? Want to change your score? Bump it up a little bit. I think we. No, not, I don't uh, think. So. I think we might have done sometimes. No. I think short. Uh, what the feet? Oh, maybe the, the Untouchables. But that was high score anyway. Maybe, but the feedback from listener 17, um, thank you for again for the sure thing uh, recommendation, was that the direct feedback was you seem to enjoy it a lot more than you gave the score. Uh, so the score that you gave it, you seem to enjoy it a lot more than that. What? Which film? Sure thing. I think you did. We, we had a great time recording that, even though the audio yeah, was all, dreadful. Oh, Sorry. What did I give it? Seven. I gave it a seven. Yeah, but you seem to enjoy it a lot more than that. You were you were up where I was with eight. Should have been an eight. You could watch that again. Should again? I'd watch the short thing again. Right. Okay. Yeah, and maybe if I watched it again, it might get higher than a seven. I don't know. Okay. Well, we've got so many maybe films I'm just to play through. Conservative on my scoring, but I don't want to spatter every film with a high score because if I don't like it I'm not going to give it a high score oh don't worry we'll, we'll always have Prancer <laughs> we'll always when you have... say Midnight Run I gave that an 8 yeah okay well you are allowed to give the scores that you want to give what I'm saying is that when we talk about a film do you go oh I didn't see right, it right okay in, in comparison then Roadhouse I gave a 6 right and it was dreadful. 6 yes so okay and you wouldn't watch Roadhouse, well, you would watch Roadhouse again because you'd want to see Patrick Swayze's chest. And have, having... Um, <laughs> Equally, I'd like to see the dock. Having so, yeah. liaisons against the undulating wall. <laughs> oh, the, there it is again. The undulating wall makes makes another appearance. That just wouldn't happen. They'd be covered in bites doing that outside. Well, do you know, when I was doing Roll Call, a film that I constantly mention comes up again. Uh, and we can never do it, despite the fact it's a, a 1984 film. We can never do it because it would make zero sense to you whatsoever. But anyway, we'll get to it in roll call. I'll, I'll tell you when, when it is. Should, okay. In fact, on that Rocky, note... Rocky Four got a six. Well, so, you're deluded. You know, you're deluded when film. it comes to Rocky Four. Maybe Mosquito Coast doesn't need a six then. Maybe it's a five. Whoa. Hey, don't go down the scale, right? <laughs> let's let's see, see where we go. Crikey. And with, with no further ado, let's go straight into Roll Call. I think we're going to need to. There we go. Roll Call. So, should we start with Harrison Ford? And should yeah. we start with Little Does She Know? Oh, no. Okay, yeah. Well, you can't have Indiana Jones and you can't have Star Wars. No, because then that's obvious. Ridiculous. Right. Three <sighs> films. Harrison Ford, go. Oh, my goodness. Was he in some kind of teacher film? <laughs> I can't What do you mean? As in, he was a teacher? Yeah. You mean when he played Dr. Jones, the lecturer in uh, to the Lost Ark? Yeah, it's not yeah, that okay. one, is it? I can't right. have that. Um, Harrison Ford. Did I give you a clue? Get no. off my plane. Snakes on a plane? No. All right, okay. <laughs> well, for those playing at home, you find this remarkably amusing. I, t- um, I, 
you know, let's just put the listeners and the, and Fine. the, the okay. watchers out so, misery. I can't think of anything. So Harris... I'll, I'll probably go, oh, yeah. There we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So he started in uh, American Graffiti with his first film, uh, directed by Ron Howard. Um, he Who's was the guy working. Out of, um, the Funds and Happy Days. Is he? Uh, yes, that's Ron right. right yeah. okay. See, Whoa. I know that much. Whoa. <laughs> Yes, but uh, anyway, he was famously, I believe the story was, he was a car, he was also a part-time carpenter as well as an actor, uh, and he was working on George Lucas's house, and George Lucas liked him so much, he said, why don't you audition to play Han Solo? And then the rest is history. Um, so yeah, he was George Lucas's carpenter. There you go, fact fans. Um, but anyway, American Graffiti, Star Wars. Um, I'm going to name a couple of films in between the time. Um, I always liked The Guns of Navarone. I always thought that was a good film. And they did a sequel in 1979 called Force 10 from Navarone. Um, and it was great. And I always remember Harrison Ford in that. He was really good. He's in Apocalypse Now, but blink and you miss him because he's right at the start. Um, uh, obviously, the iconic Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the iconic Han Solo goes without saying. Um, Blade Runner, of course. Very famous, oh, yes. Deckard and played runner. Um, uh, he appeared in other films, like in the, in the, you know, as I say, in the the eighties and nineties. He was in a film called Frantic, which is really good. It's a remake of a French film where uh, uh, basically his partner goes missing. Uh, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. He then gets the role, um, and this is where it slight, comes slightly contentious for me. He then gets the role of Jack Ryan um, in Patriot Games. Now all oh, the Jack, yes. all the yes. Jack Ryan books. He then went on to do um, the uh clear and present danger that's right um, now unfortunately there is only one jack ryan for me and that's alec baldwin in the hunt for red october so i don't care who you replace him with you can place it with Lawrence olivier or the, the you know the most beloved actor whatever jack ryan is alec baldwin um as a, as a what happened is patriot games was spoiled i think because it was a great book made into a very poor film and in no means, in no small part to the addition of Sean Bean um, doing the worst Irish accent I've ever heard. Um, but then again, when when does Sean Bean lift things and make things better? And the answer is, it never happens. <gasps> what about the whole Sharps series? I never watched it. Is any good? Well, I thought it was quite good. Oh, don't let me guess. He swashbuckles. He gets uh, He gets. He gets ruined. You know, awakened out of his tent, and he comes out with no top on. Yeah, a lot probably. There's some right. of that. There you go. Yeah, there's there's sharp. some romantic dalliances with uh, ladies of mm. higher integrity than what they should have had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, we then have him moving into, uh, if we were doing 90s films, we'd definitely be doing Air Force One. Um, Harrison Ford is the president in Air Force One. That is a joyous roller coaster ride of a pop bubblegum movie that I could think of. It's just great, which is why I use the, the line, get off my plane, where he kicks oh, the bad guy out. I don't <laughs> think I've just, ever seen it. I'm really oh. sorry. Oh, I've got, I've just got it in 4K, and I'm like, I've got to watch Air Force One. It's just lucky incredible. me then. Well, you'll like it, apart from Gary Oldman's accent, but still, it's fine. Um, and then, obviously, with the later films, we've now got Call of the Wild, and he played uh, Rooster in The Secret Life of Pets 2. Um, so, well, 
course he did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the other day. notoriously cantankerous. And he's obviously yeah. filming in, he's filming Indiana Jones five. God knows why. But anyway, he's doing it at 79. And how old is he now? 79. 79? Yeah. Indiana Has Jones. Has he actually got any insurance company that are insuring him to film these? Well, things? he had an accident on the set of The Force Awakens, whereby um, a door that came down on the Millennium Falcon slammed on his ankle. Uh, basically, the filming was um, stopped for about five weeks to allow him to recover. Crumbs. And then he's had an accident on this film. Oh, has he? That, he, that he's doing. I can't remember what it was, but I just thought, oh, crikey. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, he's legendary. Cantankerous, never really liked Star Wars. I know that sounds horrible. Sorry, kids. It's like telling you there's no, there's no Father Christmas. Um, but no, he what? didn't. He couldn't. He he just what? he no didn't. Father Christmas. No, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, okay. Let's let me scrub the bit about the Easter Bunny. Um, okay. So yeah. You have to put a warning on this. Well, you can. T- people are in their cars listening to it, and they've got kids in the back. Uh, yeah, okay, there is, though, yeah, okay, we'll ask your parents, <laughs> it's fine. Um, You're just you lying, can ta- you? Can ta- really? you can- I am lying, yes, there, of course, is a Father Christmas. <laughs> um, but I'm not lying when I say Harrison Ford didn't like Star Wars, and it shows, and it's, uh, you know, every time he's asked about it, you know, he's just kind of like, oh, gosh, get off the point, I don't want to talk about him it. him a very rich man, though. I it don't- has. I don't think he should be. And he doesn't want to talk about Indiana Jones, despite the fact he keeps making films. He should have stopped at Last Crusade. Oh God! Never made made. Kingdom of the Christmas Kingdom Crystal Skull should never have been made. Uh, Or Christmas Skull. Or Christmas Skull. Kingdom of the Christmas Skull. Anyway, we're spending far too long on this. That's Harrison Ford. He's in it, right? We'll get to that. I think we all know who he is. Anyway, Helen Mirren. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to go through your Helen Mirren. Do you give me anything from Helen Mirren? What do you think? She's been in some steamy stuff, hasn't she? She has been in some steamy stuff, uh, which was Caligula, which um, every boy wanted to, uh, what do you call it, Uh, exchange the video cassette of that um, particular scene. That sounds a bit grubby. Uh, Well, yeah, the film itself was. She was in The Long Good Friday. Um, The first breakout Hollywood film that she had is the film that I wanted to keep mentioning. Um, which I'm going to keep recommending, despite the fact that the majority of you will see it go, I have no idea what's going on in this film. Um, and that's 2010, the sequel to 2001 A Space Odyssey. 2010, the year we made contact, uh, she plays C- Commander Tanya Kurluk, uh opposite Roy Scheider. Um, it's wonderful. I just, I just uh, That's Helen Mirren for me. Um, for the US listeners that might not know, we had a UK series that might have got over there called Prime Suspect. She was in. Um, she was in for many seasons on that one. I think that's probably what people most remember for here. Uh, she in Calendar Girls. She most famously played the Queen in a TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very good in that. Um, later on films, she's been in Red with Bruce Willis and John Malkovich, which I think is wonderful. They're all like uh, people of an elderly age, but they can still kick ass. And it's just, I love it. Red, Red 2. She voiced the Dean in Monsters University. Um, she was in Fast and Furious 8. Um, Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious film after that. She's now in the newly released uh, last week, Fast and Furious 9, where she plays Queenie again. And she's also in the new Shazam movie. So she's keeping herself busy. Mm. 
Yeah. What I remember, because we saw it um, on the telly not so long ago, didn't we? We were looking at like old stuff on YouTube and different things, just wandering around as you do mm. of an evening. And that interview with Michael Parkinson. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. It was um, in 1975, those that don't remember or um, know of Michael Parkinson, he was a very um, prominent chat show um, broadcaster and um, was he a journalist as well? Uh, Yes, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, but he he was mainly in sort of entertainment um, and and sort of doing those sort of, you know, in-depth chat shows. Um, But he interviewed Heron Heron, Heron? Heron. Heron. Helen. Heron. Okay. (laughs) Helen Mirren in 1975. Now, you can obviously understand at that point in time, it wasn't actually very politically correct. So there's a lot of... um, He refers to her boobs breasts as um assets doesn't he yes and he he asks her a very weird question um about whether or not her um uh, you know her assets oh no her equipment that was it he said uh he asked her she was actually then 30 years old in 1975 Hmm. if her equipment distracted audiences and whether serious actors can have big bosoms. What a kind of question is that? It's a question that a 70s um, talk show host would ask. Uh, But but it's it's got nothing to do with it. If she wants to get a kit off in a a Royal Shakespeare Company get-up and... Right. You know, her acting and, and so I, on. I agree with you. It is, unco- it you is know, uncomfortable. She's got a yeah. cracking figure and she still has a cracking figure and she still looks after herself. Yes, I she just does. thought that was just really a wrong oh. way to generate audience ratings if that was the, the angle that it was coming from or whether it was actually a genuine statement or question. Well, and he's never apologised for what he'd said. Well, Even he, to this day, he's never done that. Well, it's, it's the era of George Best and it's the era of, you know, Anyway, um, it's a good chat. I'd, I'd, I would recommend watching it on YouTube so that you get a, a, a flavour of what's made Amanda so, uh, very so mad about it. Without getting annoyed. Yes, yeah, well. There, there is an, uh, an annoyance there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. anyway, so yes, back to Roll Call then. Um, River Phoenix, well, we covered when we did Stand By Me. Um, it is correct in order to say that, you know... Um, Taken too soon is one of those things where, in in River Phoenix's example, you know, example, it's it is. Um, Stand by me. Um, he was also <laughs> crossover. Um, Harrison Ford loved him so much in this movie that invited him to be young him in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, mm. um, of which he's brilliant. He's very nearly in it. What, Ten minutes, brilliant. I, I mean, it really is. I know I talk about things like Little Nikita. I talk about Sneakers with Robert Redford. Love that film. Um, but he also did a film called Running on Empty. Um, uh, so two films. Running on Empty, I don't think we discussed this last time, and My Own Private Idaho. My Own Private Idaho, he did with Keanu Reeves. Mm. And he played, they were they were basically um, lovers. Um and I remember it being a really personal film. I can't I can't say that I liked it as a film, but I thought it was performance-wise. I remember back on something like that and go, yeah, I've forgotten all about that. 
Because today when I was swimming, I'm listening to a movie podcast talk about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm. And they, they talk about River Phoenix a little. And, and that's what spurred my um, curiosity to find out about this cult that he was part of. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to the, we'll get to the film. Um, okay. He was in Running on Empty with Martha Plimpton, who plays the Reverend's daughter in this. Um, they met on, they started going out when they met on the set and they went out for four years. Hmm. Yeah. So there's the, there's a crossover. Um, the two younger daughters, uh, Hillary and Rebecca Gordon, uh, are both twins. Um, but they appear in another film that we're going to cover this, this season called the great outdoors. So they do a similar thing there where they don't say an awful lot in the film. Um, Andre Gregory uh, played the preacher. I loved him. I really liked his performance. I just thought it was, it was good, a solid performance. You actually believed that this guy, um, when I was looking through his uh, filmography, it's not a lot. He played a, he was a sort of cameo, I suppose, in, in Demolition Man. He was in The Last Temptation of Christ, but he was also in The Young Pope, uh, which I believe you watched uh, yeah. with. Um, so he was in that. He played yeah, one of the Cardinals. Um, so, but anyway, and then we get to Martha Plimpton, uh, running on empty, parenthood, uh, with a host of stars in that. She's really good in that. Of course, she's in The Goonies. She's part of The Goonies. Um but she's also been in things that I haven't watched. She's been in Raising Hope, uh, which has been a, a long-running series in the US, and The Good Wife, which I believe you started watching season one and got bored with. Yeah. Um, and then she produced the. Uh, she was in Frozen Two, the voice of Yelena. Could I tell you who Yelena is? No, I can't. So yes. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, that's roll call. Um, we'll get to it. So let's get into the movie itself then. Um, so Harrison Ford plays Ali Fox, who is an inventor. Uh, he's basically a tinkerer, a fixer, uh, call him whatever you like. He has very grand ideas about the sorts of things that he can do. But he is very upset about America. He's very upset about the direction it's going. Um, you know, he, he rants to River Phoenix, his son. Um, and you're kind of like, yeah, it, it, it all feels a bit, he's, he's very, very full on. Um, in that sense um, and one of the things that you know he, he'll do you know I think one the, the I'm, I'm going to read this out because I think it sets the scene for where he is you know he, he's talking to his uh, in, in Stand By Me Richard Dreyfus does the narrating bit in this River Phoenix is the narrator um, so he's he's looking at it very much from his perspective and so he narrates and says, my father was an inventor, a genius with anything mechanical, nine patents, six pending. He dropped out of Harvard to get an education, he said. I grew up with the belief that the world belonged to him and that everything he said was true, which cuts to Harrison Ford going, look around you. How did America get this way? Land of promise, land of opportunity. Give us the wretched refuse of your teeming shores. Have a Coke, watch TV. And River Phoenix goes, have a nice day. And he goes, go on welfare, get free money, turn to crime. Crime pays in this country. Why do they put up with it? Why do they keep coming? Look around you, Charlie. This place is a toilet. So he's he's pretty much decided that he's got to do something else. He's underappreciated. I think the setup at the start, he, he has to fix the air conditioning on a barn or the asparagus would die. And instead, he starts to, 
you know, finding a way to create ice out of fire. Um, and I think the to, to end on this bit, obviously, I'll just bring you in. I know that I just wanted to start that with a bit of scene setting. But I think throughout this, his desire to be liked and desire to be appreciated causes his, his, his whole reason. It's everything to him. And when somebody lets him down and somebody doesn't see that, he he completely switches off. He turns the other way. Um, so then he makes a decision, and, and I'll read this. So then he makes a decision to pack everything up and go um, to the Mosquito, Il Mosquito. So what did you think about the start of the film? How did you think it set it all up? He, he just had this air of being a little bit crazy about him. Right. Um, at first I thought, oh, he's just like quite eccentric. But then I just thought, actually, he's a really selfish guy. He, he will literally do anything without listening to anybody else. Yeah. And go his home, go his own direction, and he takes his family with him. Yeah, who actually have no choice in the situation. They they just, you know, he just calls it an adventure, and like even his wife doesn't even question it. And it's almost like you know, it, it's it's oh, it's an adventure. It'll be fun, and you know, and that's it. And, Why doesn't anybody ever question it? Uh, you know, when he hands his he he sends River Phoenix to to hand in his resignation letter. Uh, to which the the guy that's still waiting for the asparagus air conditioning says to him, you know, your dad is dangerous. He might mm. get you killed one day. Yeah. You know, they've got people saying this. Uh, and River Phoenix, certainly at the start of the film, is so in awe of his dad. Yeah. So, you know, desperately wants to be liked and, and have some sort of responsibility or just time, just attention or anything from him. He, he will ignore all of this. Mm. Yeah, so um, he's, he was a, an inventor with big ideas. Mm. Um, but I, I didn't know where Mosquito Coast was, and I had to do a bit of geographical research. Um, it actually is in Nicaragua, right? which is between Honduras and Costa Rica, and it's surrounded by the Pacific Ocean. So... Right. Um, he ends up buying a town, doesn't he? That's right. He's just a town of Geronimo. Yeah, with a and J. I think he's expecting a bit more infrastructure than when he turns up and finds that it's just literally a load of huts. Which he does. So um, obviously, because we did quite a long roll call, we're probably moving at a pace at this. But he basically goes to the town. They they are they 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 leave with the dishes in the sink. I mean, that's how prepared. It's literally we're off. We're going. Yeah. You know, he gets drunk with his friends. There's a map of Il Mosquito There's a, on the on the table. That's where he's going to go. Everyone's going. Nobody's allowed to say no. Everyone's going. And I think you're right. I think he's remarkably. He his character is. He's a genius. But is he though? Well, he's a genius in the set. Yes, yeah, I think he is. And I think, you know, when he when we get to it, when he builds the town of Geronimo up and builds, you know, and finds ways to do things, he is a genius. Unfortunately, he's a very unlikable man. He's one of those types of people that um, 
yes, he may have his gripes. Yes, he may have his his problems. Um, he he doesn't seem to be have any love in it. It just doesn't seem to have any love in his heart. He's just obsessed by doing what of getting the likes. I think he's emotionally stunted. Yes, he is. He doesn't seem to have any connection with anybody. No. And, you know, even like later on in the movie, when his sons, when they're on the raft and like the, the engine breaks and like he, he has to go in the water to, to find something and he doesn't reappear until quite a bit after and like his wife is literally devastated and just basically breaks down and says, I can't go on, I can't go on, I can't yeah, go yeah. on. And the two sons basically have to try and try and come up with a plan. So they say, right, we'll go off to the village where our friend is. And like and then like Ali pops up the other side. Well, we're skipping the, a little a lot towards no, the I end know, here, but, but okay. The, the fact that he he then berates his sons and puts them in a boat. Yeah, in a coracle that's like at the back of the boat, and yeah. is towing them as as you know punishment. Hmm. You just think they were doing what they thought was the right thing because he is the main instigator and um, person that's that's you know, invents all the stuff to keep them alive. He's got the drive and the passion. Everyone else is just along for the ride. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't have the skills that he has. They're not old enough to have the knowledge that he has. He hasn't really passed it on in any way. So you're just like, well, they're only doing what they thought best in order to survive if he'd been drowned. Um, Although it's based on a book that was written five years before this, um, and has now been made into a TV series. Apparently, and the reviews aren't aren't great. Um, I am interested in seeing it after seeing this film. I'm interested in seeing what, even if it's just watched the first episode. Yeah, I don't see where the likability and command and love and warmth of his family is enough for them to down tools and move to somewhere completely different without any plan. They've got yeah, four. There is got, no plan. They've got there? four kids, right? Of which. Yeah. And he hasn't even bought the town at that point. He hasn't done anything. They they get to this place and he, he buys it from a guy in a bar. Yeah. You know, I and, mean. And how do you know it's all legitimate anyway? It's exactly. Really anyway, on the boat, he meets uh, the Reverend, who's uh, a missionary. There's some nice interchanges between the two of them. Um, he senses that, you know, Harrison Ford is a godless man, um, even though he knows the scriptures inside and out. Uh, probably a bit like me, actually. I I I know quite a bit of Bible. You don't know the uh, scriptures inside and out. Though. I don't know inside and out, but I do know. I know enough of them. <laughs> I know enough. I know all the uh, all the greatest hits, should we say? Um, but he he meets there, and on that boat, um, River Phoenix meets um, the missionary's son, um, daughter uh, Martha Plimpton, hmm. uh, and she comes up with something weird. She goes, "When I go to the bathroom, I think." No, what is it? When I, I think of you, I think of you whenever whenever I go to the bathroom. Do you want to be my boyfriend? I'm like, that weird. Anyway, he's got church in um, down down that way, as they say. Um, so we are going to see him again later. Um, but yeah, so he buys. So you know, you have a a really interesting um, interchange between the guy that takes them there on the boat. And I've forgotten his name, and I really should look it up. If you, if you could, while I'm while I'm saying this, if you could do the the honors of looking up the uh, 
the bat. I think it was just a one word, a one word name. Um, uh, and I loved his performance. I thought he was, again, I thought he was a really good, kind, well-portrayed character. Um, I did look him up for roll call, but he, he didn't do an awful lot. Um, unfortunately. So the, there wasn't really a lot to, to talk about. Um, but yeah, he, he takes them there. Um, have you got it yet? Uh, Mr. Haddie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's, he's just a really good, you know, especially towards the, the, the later end of the film. So he takes them to uh, Geronimo. They get there. The place is in tatters. There are people living there, but they're very desolate. He just looks at it and goes, oh, this is opportunity. This is where the kitchen will go. This is where the lounge will be. This will be where the, you know, the two-tier place will go. Um, and he does. He, he basically he thing, just has this vision. There's a, there's, it's like a complete disregard to anyone else that's living there. Mm. He has no gumption in saying, yeah, we're just going to pull that down and redesign and, and do this. There's not, there's not even a... Oh, no, hi, but he does do a speech. He does, do, he does. He does a speech. And then he tells them, this is what I want to do as your new, you know, as the, the owner of Geronimo. This is, I will make your lives better. He colour codes all the tools. He gets them in and saying, you people have got a job. You people have got a job. You people have got a job. This is why he's a genius because he sees all of this. He sees where he wants it going. He sees that he's going to build, that he's going to raise the huts. He's going to make them better, which he does. He put gangways in, which connects the village to each other. Yeah, but there's an ultimate point to this though, isn't there? He hasn't gone out there just to do that. He's gone out there to, to live. do what? To live. No. Well, he it's doesn't not... envisage going back, so he wants to live there. Yeah, but the whole point of him doing it was so he could make ice. Yes. And give it to the people that have never had ice before. Yeah, okay, absolutely. I thought you meant the longer, the longer game. The short-term one is that he's going to create this machine that builds ice. Which is what he invented and showed the, and showed the, the farmer called, owner. Called who it said, fat, fat boy, yeah. I don't need this. I don't I need ice. I just need you to, to air condition. Air conditioning my air condition my asparagus. But you realise what, what he what he was trying to do is say, here is the concept at the start. Do you understand this bit? Because if you understand this, I can then help you with the asparagus. And what he ends up doing is he ends up building a huge version of Fat Boy. Mm. Which can make the which can make the ice comes out of it. It does all of its stuff. You put the the flame in. It does all of its funky stuff, and it makes ice. And he comes out of it with ice and throws it up in the air to people that have never seen ice before. But it and also air conditions as well, doesn't it? Exactly. It's and then he switches this on and says, "Oh, by the way, it can do this. And by the way, it can water. keep keep things cold and refrigerated. And it can and all of these pipes run into their huts and make them air conditioned. And you come mm. like." He's a genius. This is this is you know for that for that particular time, he's ended up making making this. He's ended up doing what he's doing, and there's a yeah, point. But the, the question the point, I had was: Sorry, do they actually need this? Because they've survived to this day. They they have now without it. So do they actually need it? Yeah, but he's not talking about putting in a TVs and he's not talking about building them, you know, theatres and things like that. He's not talking about totally westernising it. He's just talking about making their lives better. He he wants to be appreciated. They all appreciate him. 
No, but making their lives better, that's very, it's a very ignorant way. It's a very Westerners way of seeing things. But that's, yeah, well, that's what the film explores. You know, is it? My way is better. Is it it better? I don't know. If you'd never had air conditioning, would you ever want it? I don't know. I I mean, these are all sorts of questions that that you can, you know, arguably, are are their lives still the same, but just in made more comfortable yes has he changed what they do no they all still go to church he doesn't agree with church they all still go to church they all do what they're going to do he isn't changing them and forcing them to do something that they're not he's just making their lives a little easier maybe Mm. but anyway so yeah um so there's a point in which he he just before that the, the obviously the missionary turns up and says, I brought preserves, and he brings preserves for Helen Mirren and you know, things like that. And he basically tells him to get out. God's not welcome here. You know, you're not you're not to come in here at all. And and obviously the people that are in the town are so um I was about to say indoctrinated. I don't mean that. They they follow they follow his teaching, his ministerial teachings, and they're frightened because he says, if you live here, you know, the fire and brimstone and all this sort of stuff. And he comes out with very passionate, very good actor, very good actor on that. But it's almost once he's built the ice machine, there's nothing else for him to do. And and the film, the director is very clever. He zeroes in on his face as if to go, now what? Mm. As in like, I've done it. So what do I do now? So what he does now is he wraps up huge bit of ice and he gets people to take it to a nearby tribe who would never have seen ice, who don't won't, won't even know what it is. Um, it was doomed doomed to failure from the start. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me, carrying a carrying a bit, uh, you know, any sort of ice, regardless of how you protect it, in a you know heated rain, you know, very very hot rainforest. Um, predictably, what happens is the boil of ice. They even stop overnight, and I'm like thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well that's going to reduce it by a lot. They get to the tribe. He's very disappointed because there's just a wet cloth. That's all that's left. There's nothing there. Um, so he can't show them what, what it is. Um, and I think that's where, at that point, the film takes a little bit of... Um, you all start to see... River Phoenix starts to see a change in his dad. Yeah. Um, and you, you do see a change in that because, you know, he's parroting his... You know, he's he's parroting his dad after they deliver the ice. You know, he's going, um, ice is civilization, says River Phoenix, or as if he wants to repeat what his dad's been saying. Um, you know, that ice will make things better for all of these people. Again, you, you drift into that sort of territory. But when they're at the um the tribes, they notice there are three guys being held captive there. Wow, well, I didn't think they were being uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Anyway. He talks to them and says, you know, if you need anywhere, you come down river, you can come to Geronimo. Um, and they do. Um, and they're not very nice. They're not particularly nice people. Yeah, they, they weren't w- being held captive, were they? No, they don't want to leave. Um, they're very grubby. You could tell that all of the women were in danger. Yeah. Um, and going to be. Um they were undesirables, shall we say? Yes, absolutely. So, Out on take, wanting to kind of get what they can. And... 
But the first time, for the first time, he's not in control. For the first time, he's not got the control. Yeah. And it scares him so much. He says, the place is infested with ants. You're going to have to go. You know, um, take take the boat. Take the boat down at the thing. It, it, anything to get rid of these people. Anything. If you were looking at it one way, he doesn't want three alpha males in, in there. If you no. look at it another way, which is probably the correct way, he doesn't want these three people disturbing it, the life that he's just built. So he has to go through the the indignity of of, of pretending to burn the furniture. But he pretend to burn. He does burn. Well, he does. But what I'm saying is, he doesn't do the whole village. Houses and burning furniture and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So he goes to Helen Mirren and he goes, "Well, we're stuck with them. I don't think they're going to move. I don't think they're going to go because they've got everything they need here. Because he's created this little idyllic place, and they don't. Where, where are they going to go?" You know, he chainsaws houses down to try and convince them that that they have got an ant problem. Um, so Helen Mirren's putting the kids to bed, and one of the one of the guys you could sense he is millimeters away from pretty much molesting Helen Mirren and whoever else until Harrison Ford turns up and then says, "Oh, I've got your new uh, hut ready." And what he's done is he put them up inside the machine, inside Fat Boy. Mm-hmm. And then he gets River Phoenix to go up there and says, you need to go, we need to do something about this. As if to go, now I'll treat you as a man. Now I'll treat you with respect. You need to go up the top and close the, close the roof. Close the vent. Close yeah. the vent. Because basically I'm going to lock these people in here and turn it on. And freeze them to death. And freeze them to death. Um. So, yeah. So you've got this particular situation it happens. You can hear them screaming. It's not particularly nice. I mean, yes, they are undesirables, but at the end of the day, it's not a particularly nice scene. They start shooting inside. What happens is they start shooting. It blows up Fat Boy. Not only that, well, they, they shoot the ammonia, don't they? Yeah, they shoot the ammonia. Uh, what it does is because that's on fire, all of the pipes, the the, the pipes that are connected, uh, the cloth, you know, the 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 plastic plastic uh, air conditioning goes to everywhere yeah flames spreads, go flames spread everywhere <laughs> yeah absolutely they go everywhere don't they so it burns the whole village yeah which is awful but the question i had was well, i was going to well, say just before that just before that one of the things is harrison ford's reaction at that point the the the, the camera focuses in and reflects the flame in his face as he's screaming I mean, at the you know you don't hear the you don't hear the scream because it's caught up in everything else that's going on, but you just look at him and he's just a broken man. It's just all disappeared in front of his eyes. Is that because his invention's gone? It's, everything's gone, and and it's a real point of the film. I've, I I felt quite emotionally invested at that point. For, I felt really sorry for him. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I know you didn't. Well, no, he just tried to kill three. Well, he did kill the, three the guys. Thing that- concern me though was where were all the villagers when this was all burning because there weren't that many around were there at the ministry at the um, yeah because you do find that that's where they are at the end that's where you see them at the end they're all sitting in the church it's all the same people um uh, were sitting in there so predictably you see it the next day sees the wreckage everything's in tatters in flames and smoking and what does Harrison Ford say? That's it. 
we're free. But we have to leave here because I've just polluted the entire river. Yeah. Oh, God, it's awful. Yeah. Got, <laughs> I've written in here in my notes, robbers, plan to freeze them to death goes wrong. Uh, catastrophic results. It was. It was just a catastrophe. Poisoned river with ammonia and the whole village was burned. Villagers left with nothing. So he's literally gone in and he's actually wiped out anything they did have. They haven't even got what they had before he came because they've got nothing. Yeah, but it feels like, um, you know, the, the runners up on Bullseye. You know, well, I came with nothing. So, you know, I'll leave. Potentially, I'll take the risk. I'll leave with nothing. Let's see what he could have won. Yeah, they can have the B- BFH, Bus Fair Home. <laughs> um anyway they 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 aren't there and he's basically gone right we have to go somewhere else now so instead of the family going we're going home Let's then obviously home. yeah oh no uh, the weird thing is he he gets they, they they punt this thing all the way up to the ocean so to the mouth of the river into the yeah. ocean and they all think they they are standing on a very tiny island mm. Right, and they're all cheering because they're going. Oh, and they're they're in the sea. They, they've got uh, splashing themselves, and everything's going fun. And ha- and they think they're going home. And Harrison Ford goes, "You can't go home. There's been a nuclear war. And there I is that's awful. there is no US." And I'm like thinking, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! At what point?" And he's like, "No, we're not going back." Uh, he gives. Uh, Mr. Haddy, there's uh, Amiga Watch and says, thank you for everything that you've done, but we'll set up here. Uh, and he builds a new home on the island. And I was like, how did he do all that? Because there's nobody to help him. You know, did he do all of that on his own? Because he builds like a, a smaller version of Geronimo, much smaller version with, you know, uh, um, crops and, and things. Mm. And, and it's kind of like, how long has passed? You know, how long has this all taken? I mean, there's no and sense if that of time. island's made of sand, can you actually grow anything in sand? Well, exactly. I think I think what he did is he went off the island. He went to 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 somewhere else. But um, it's all a bit peculiar. Mister Mister, I just felt that that bit of the film. It, it wasn't. It wasn't necessary. You could have just finished it at the point where the whole thing. Absolutely, Helen Mirren needed to take control and go enough. Right, yeah, enough. Let's go home. I'm not being funny. Right, there's five of us, you know, against there's one of you. There's an adventure, and then there's an adventure. Yeah, there's an adventure, <laughs> and going, what What do you see us doing? I mean, they're not even part of a community. They're basically living on their own. It's like the Big Brother house. Are they going to spend the rest of their days there? You know, it, it, it just doesn't – maybe it's more realised in the book, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So you've got Mr. Haddy going, look, if you build here – It'll all be underwater. Yeah. Uh, it, it will. As soon as the monsoon comes, this is going to be wiped out. It's going to go, go, yeah. And why doesn't Harrison Ford listen to him? Because he's like, this is a man right. who lives in the area, who's been brought up in this area. Surely you'd think, oh, actually, he's saying, yeah, it's going to get flooded when the rains come. I'll probably have to listen to him. Yeah, let's build it. Like you know, further up the coast or in inland. What he's or... telling him something. Yeah. He's qu- he's questioning him. So obviously Harrison Ford does what he does with everybody else. He makes him out to be the bad guy and says he's dangerous. So yeah, you turn out to be again selfishness pops up. Yep. 
uh, and basically wants to be the bad guy. And then one of the kids, River Phoenix's uh, brother, um, mutters something. And they said, oh, if you want to go with him, that's fine. Um, you know, but if you go, you're never coming back. Yeah. Right. Never, you basically ever, ever be able come to come back to, family again. to the family. And I'm like, what an ass. I mean, towards the yeah. end of it, right. I, I respect, I mean, I think the performance is good. You know, you might not like the character, but you know, I mean, his performance is good, but it comes to a point that even if you're working with this material, there comes to a point in which, in which go, okay, I've lost faith in the character. I've lost faith in the story. Mm. Because I, don't, I started to I, I, yeah. kind of turn off at that point, really. Yeah. I just thought, oh, God, how long's left? <laughs> anyway. Where's this going? Absolutely. Um, Mr. Honey has sold uh, Harrison Ford's watch to buy the boat, which he called Omega. Yeah, a new boat, yeah. Yeah, a new boat. And Harrison Ford went, oh, I only had that watch in my family for so many times, as if he expected him just to keep it. Yeah. I'm so- like... If you valued it that so so much, why did you give it away in the first place? Exactly. And if you were gonna give it away and didn't want him to do anything with it, you'd have put the conditions on it. Yeah. Anyway, there comes a tropical storm. Uh Mr. Haddy uh returns and says, You're going to drown, but he's talking to River Phoenix. Um uh and gives him an outboard motor. Basically and it gives, gives him, him gives him the spark plugs and the fuel. The spark plugs the and the fuel motor. the outboard motor, yeah. Um so what does Harrison Ford do? So everything's gone again. Everything's been washed away. It literally, you know, the, the family are moments from death at, at so many times in that scene. And you're just like, I don't know where this is going to go. Um, yeah, he goes back downstream. He goes back towards where he's just polluted. He w- goes back as if he's going to try and start all over again. And at this point, I just went, I might have watched this and, and really enjoyed this, but this this is getting some points knocked off because now I just I, I've just lost it. I've lost faith with the story. I've lost mm. faith with the writing. I, I don't see where this is going to go. Is he going to set up again and he's going to have to move again? Or, but yeah, they he loses the plot as he pointed out. There's an incident whereby the motor uh, has a pro- an issue with the motor. Harrison Ford dives underneath. He doesn't come back up for a while. Um, so that's what I was referring to. Yeah, it? everyone's sort of celebrating. Well, they don't celebrate. They don't celebrate. She, Helen, Mirren's, Helen Mirren's distraught. But then, he's, he's the guy with the vision, with the with the know-all yeah. and the know-how Yeah. in order to make stuff and, and get them to point B. But this is where River Phoenix steps up. Absolutely. River Phoenix steps up and then says, you know what? It'd be better without dad. We're going to go upstream. We're going to, this is where we're going to go. Let's near. go to Mr. Haddy. Yeah. Right. So, so River Phoenix isn't distraught because he sees this as the opportunity. This is the opportunity to dad's dead. Right. Okay. Let's go. Mm, and, let's get back and, to some normality. And everyone else is like, yeah. So Harrison Ford isn't dead. He listens from the side of the boat where he has found this stuff. The two kids are put in the, oh, it's just, Oh, it's just horrible. Um, you see that the he says, I'm doing this all for you. You know, while they're in the coracle, River Phoenix goes, you know, oh, <coughs> uh, to, to one of the one of them turns to the other and goes, Well, you know what? If you could just stab him, I can all we see is his back, because he's got his back to us. You know what? You can stab him just between the collarbone and you know, and they're the, the kids have lost it. Anyway, 
towards the end of the film now they find the church they find the missionary they hear the singing uh they pull up they hear they hear the reverend um coming voice coming from the church um harrison ford is going to go right i'm going to give him a piece of my mind don't, don't know why i mean i don't know what the missionary has ever really done to him apart from challenge him uh but he sees it as this is established it's a nice well-built place it's very you know um very nice huts and very nice yeah, houses homely. Homely. It's homely and it's yeah. got some kind of society to it hasn't and it? some green greenery to it it's obviously you know religion money is as put into it uh but he gets in there and, and it's a video link and there are all his villages they're all they're all attending church um and he says, you know, like you're, they're all brainwashed, and you realise that the Reverend and his family are living in a really nice house. Um, meanwhile, River Phoenix, well, the whole family hasn't showered in weeks, um, and they managed to get Martha Plimpton's attention. And it looks like a, it looks like a regular house, like a dinner table with all the trimmings. The two boys and escape from the from the, the raft, don't they? Yeah, um, and kind of creep up. Yeah. Um, so so they go in. Martha Plimpton sees him and they they sort of hatch a plan where river phoenix is going to going to take charge but helen mirren is going i can't leave you father i can't i can't leave dad i'm like going what does it take yeah what what what's the point in which the kids lives are being ruined you can see the descent into this he's obviously lost it i don't know where your role is as a parent in this because it seems to be sadly sadly deficient so just as they are hatching this plan Harrison Ford decides to set fire to the church. And I'm like, I don't, what, what, I don't understand why. What I, I'm trying to see the symbolism. Why is he, does he see the church as, as evil? Does he see the church as some, somehow in the way of his plans? I think he sees it as, um, because it, it, it was in front of a, a television with hmm. this broadcast. It's not him in person preaching. Yeah. And I think he sees the start of like the American way, almost infiltrating a um, country that shouldn't be indoctrinated yeah. to the same kind of practices as as the US, and you know it, it's it's demise, and you know it's like a mini America in this missionary area. And well, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, that's I, probably I plausible. Just, I think it's the symbolism of that. So he's he's just kind of retaliating against it and everything that it stands for, but it doesn't make it right at all. I think it's, um, I think it's absolutely awful to to then endanger other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again, a selfish man. Yeah. Um, the reverend oh the kids learn don't they that america hasn't been blown up yes exactly Martha goes what are you talking about it's fine mm. everything's fine yeah, yeah. no worries so, so they're obviously... even really more angry aren't they at like the fact that they trusted their dad and they looked up to him and like for him to tell him that yarn yeah it's not, and he, it's not I, sit I, well, I, is it? and i forgot who said this because the reverend sees his um church and fire um and then See, I can't remember what he sees to make him believe that it's probably Harrison Ford that's done this. And he gets his gun and he goes off. And I forgot who said this. You're always against, you've always been against me. I think he's, that's Harrison Ford saying to Helen Mirren, saying you've always been against me. And I'm like. <laughs> well, the, 
well, the boys make it back down to the boat, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. To, with the key to the car and say, this is our chance to go. And yeah. she sees the flames go up in the church tower. Yeah. Because at that point, she wasn't going to go. But the fact that she's seen that happen, she knows exactly who's done that. Yeah. She's like, right, he's completely lost the plot now. Mm. Let's go. And take. she just let, literally gets the twins and... and I think they were just about to go, weren't they, at that point? And then the reverend... Turns up and shoots him. Shoots Ali, yeah. So he's shot. Uh, They take Harrison forward. They take the boat and go downstream. Which is really weird. Oh, they go, sorry, upstream. Yeah, upstream. No, the fact that they put him back on the boat and nurse him on the boat and then they're just drifting around. Well, he's still alive, that's why. Yeah, but... (laughs) Well, we're going to leave it for somebody else. It's all an end all in helping them survive. What on earth are they going to do with 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 him Ooh. injured on the boat, susceptible to infection, everything? Well, maybe that's the yeah. With with no yeah. fixed abode in order to you know provide a base and you know get fresh water and you know I, I just find that madness really. You do have a, a, t- a, a sort of semi-touching moment between River Phoenix and Harrison Ford at the end. Mm. Uh, again, I think it's more... It feels to me more River Phoenix's film than it is Harrison Ford's. Because um, it just... I just think it's... Uh, but that character goes through a lot more changes mm. in the film than anybody else does. And um, maybe that was the point of him narrating. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, if I, you know, if I'd read the book, which I probably find, um, I'll, when we'll get to that in a moment in um, trivia time, uh, the way that it uh, differentiates. But, but yeah. So he says, you know, are we going downstream? And River Phoenix says yes. And then it cuts to the view of the boat, and it's he dies, and it cuts to the view, and they've actually made it back to the ocean, yeah. which means that they're going finally going back, to, presumably to the house which is left. The dishes and lead doing. Um, because uh, maybe maybe somebody's had to do it for them. Because, uh, but yeah, so that's the film. Um, I think, in the interest of time, should we get to trivia time? Yeah, go on then. To trivia time, because a few things to pick up in here. Um, okay, time for trivia, time. trivia time. So they filmed this in Belize, uh, and the crew unearthed an ancient Mayan temple when they were building the set for the town. Um, it, they notified the government, which then declared the site an important historical find. Um, so that was there. River Phoenix and Harrison Ford had a close bond in the film. Um, Ford stated that of all the young actors who were working at the time, River was the one that looked most like him when he was that age. So that's why he could play young Indiana Jones. I thought that that was quite nice. Um, Jack Nicholson was considered for the part of Harrison Ford's uh, Ali Fox. He withdrew his movie partly because he could not watch his beloved Los Angeles Lakers basketball team from Belize, which is where most of the movie was to be filmed. So the baseball team took over um, in that sense. Uh, during casting, River Phoenix was passed on several times for the role of Charlie Fox mm-hmm. for being too old because he was 15. Uh, when no age appropriate Charlie could be found, Phoenix audition tape was brought in again the director and the director goes he's the person for the job and put the ages suicide and said he's the person for the job um so 
Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. We didn't do him in Roll Call. George Costanza. Right. He played the <laughs> he played a store clerk in the in the bit that got um the the vent venting from Harrison Ford. Weirdly, um during shooting in Rome, uh, Georgia, while out shopping. So they 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 filmed in different places. Uh while out shopping in what turned out to be a not so safe area, he had a gun put to his head from behind. Not knowing what the thing pressing on his head was, Alexander twisted, reached up, grabbed the robber's hand and arm and pulled forward just as the robber started shooting. Alexander claims he managed he managed this due to long years of martial arts training. He was not hurt and managed to break the man's arm and one finger as he pulled the gun from his hand before fleeing the scene. Alexander has told this story on several interviews uh, notably on Kevin Pollock's new podcast. Um, so the movie was released five years after the source novel, uh, which I thought was good. Um, uh, Harrison Ford uh, had said about the film, it's the only film that I've done that hasn't made its money back. It didn't. Um, I'm still glad I did it. If there was one fault with the film is that it didn't fully embrace the language of the source book. Um, it may have properly been a literary rather than a cinematic exercise, but I think it's full of powerful emotions. I don't expect him to chuck, chuck, you know, his performances under a bus. Um, and it's weird because the book was written by Paul Theroux. And in the latest remake on Apple TV of Mosquito Coast, the lead character, Ali Fox, is played by son Justin Theroux. So... <laughs> It's almost like, Dad, you know that book you wrote? I'm about to be in a TV series um, where I play the, one of the main characters. Can you give me some inspiration for the role? Um, which I thought was good. But yeah, uh, the book's rather gruesome ending was toned down for the movie. Uh, in the book, Ali Fox finally collapses, uh, after which he's eaten by vultures, creatures uh, that he despises throughout the whole book. In the movie, the character slowly dies from his wounds. Mm. so yeah there's a few things on trivia time it wasn't going to be a, a long extensive one but what i wanted to say was give you a bit of an insight fine uh, on a final note of, of river phoenix because i didn't actually realize this until i'd listened to the podcast that i did this morning um he was in a cult uh called the children of god of uh, his parents so i'll just read this bit out and i'll have to just because there may be people with small children listening, I will just try and sugarcoat this. But his parents, Hart Phoenix, uh, uh, his mum, Hart, and John, um, one of the paths they took on the back roads to enlightenment was jumping from commune to commune, Oregon to Colorado to Texas, mostly under the influence of intense drugs. John and Hart soon became missionaries, in inverted commas, for the children of God, God, a cult founded by David Berg. Though not compensated for the work, John was given the lofty title Archbishop of Venezuela and the Caribbean. The family settled outside Caracas, where five-year-old River and his three-year-old sister Rain distributed cult pamphlets while performing streets on the music. Uh, sorry, performing music on the streets for handouts. Um, River's memory painted a bleaker picture of his early years. It was disgusting, he said. Um, it was a shack that he called home. It had no toilet. It was rat infested. And according to sociologist David Van Sant of uh, the Children of God, it encouraged sex among its underage members. 
um, which is why. So River famously claimed to have lost his virginity at the age of um, of four. So we discussed this on Stand By Me, where he said that he lost it uh, lost it earlier. I think that's a misprint. I think he said it was fourteen. Um, but he said, I'm glad I did it when I was young, he said, perhaps trying to justify the unjustifiable, but I didn't want those and different body parts that were in my face to make me perverse when I was older. So I blocked it, blocked it all out. I was completely celibate from 10 to 14. You're just born into that reality and you, and you accepted it. But the mother said, we said, we had a vision that our kids could captivate the world, she said. And she used that to, uh, had a manic obsession to use her children to reach the promised land to go to Hollywood. Bumming a free ride back to America on an ocean freighter in 1978, the destitute Phoenix family took refuge at Hart's mother's place in Florida. Like God speaking to Moses, Hart heeded the calling and again uprooted the family. 40 places in 20 years, she once boasted. With John's inability to work during a recurring back problem, the Phoenixes of Caracas, by way of Florida, headed to Los Angeles. So before I read you the last bit, does this resonate? Instead of being in America and wanting to go to the jungle, they were in the jungle and they wanted to go to America. And River Phoenix must have seen some stuff growing up mm. uh, because, you know, so on a final note, um, River Phoenix said, I figured we'd play guitar and sing. I'd, I'd play guitar and sing with my sister. We'd be on television the next day. Soon the kids found their way into one banal acting role after another. Space Camp for Leaf. That's not a bad film. Growing Pains for Summer. Kate's Secret for Liberty. Made to Order for Rain. And Glory B. Heart Phoenix. Venus, vegan activist. Nomad without peer. An advanced human spirit became a kid's manager. Hollywood is the one place where the Phoenix clan blended in. We were in competition at the same auditions, said Rivers Stand By Me co-star Corey Feldman once said. We got to know each other's families. He was a normal kid. We were both normal kids that were in the business. And you think, now that is just a fraction. I just tried to summarize it up. Mm. That, you know, suddenly, you know, you get all these other, the, the, the Phoenix clan. And you just think there's no justification, for, you know, or perhaps, you know, I was going to say no justification of taking drugs and going off the rails. But I think, you know, from River Phoenix's point of view, the things he must have seen and things he was exposed to, Mm. Then he gets fame and quite rightly, you know, great roles, really good roles to get his teeth into. Um, and then, yeah, blows it. Uh, yeah, it's a real shame. It is. It's tragedy, yeah. really. It is. Um, yeah, for such a talent to have, to have gone so soon, really. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's quite sad. yeah. yeah. It is. It is sad. Anyway, so yeah, there's Mosquito Coast. Um, I've got to say, firstly, an apology. It's been three and a half weeks since our last podcast. So um, yeah, we're going to up, up our game and we might yeah, even do Yeah, what... We went on holiday for a week. We went on holiday, but we still didn't account for that. In... Anyway, suffice to say, we're here. We, we've done it. We won't do it again. Uh, we're, we're hoping to release one in the next two weeks. Um, so we're going to do a nice light film after the Mosquito Coast. Um, I don't know what we're going to do yet. Um, it might be uh, either summer school uh, or it might be police academy. Um, I think we we have have we had a request for police academy. I think 
Right. Anyway, do you know what? Just that reaction alone, we're doing Police Academy. Right. Oh, so no. there you go. Well, it's a request, sweetheart. You can't ignore our listeners. Can't ignore the Someone listeners. Someone like me. <laughs> well, wait till we have the duck arrives 4th of, Ju- 4th of July. Oh, God. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, sorry. How would a new breed of hero, as it was called. But yeah. Um, oh, you've got two great. Well, look, Police Academy's. Police Academy's great. It's fine. Still holds the test of time. It's very, it's very politically incorrect. But then they all were at that time. So fun. Right. I've never liked them. Shall we not do it then? Should we just say to our listeners, don't worry. Well, you can send in your. Well, I don't know. It's up to you. I don't Let's, know what's on your list of films to do. Well, we've got some. We've got. Uh, well, we could do, either do Real Genius or Summer School, and then part Police Academy for another time. Do one of those two, but we'll we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Anyway, lovely, wonderful listeners. Uh, sorry, it's a bit down that one, but I mean, it's a heavy film to be honest. It was a heavy film uh, to be honest. There, there really wasn't a lot of laughs in it. Um, <laughs> there weren't any laughs. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, strangely, I will watch the TV series and I dare say I might pick up the book. Um, but anyway. I'd be interested to see how the book differs to the film uh, and what they didn't do in the film where the book should have sort of overridden. Yeah. And one of the things that I is on my to-do list, a uh, very large to-do list, is to read Lesson Zero and to see how that differed from the film, because I really wanted to see the the, the difference between them. Because mm. and, and now I'd have characters in my head. I'd have mm. James Spader as a drug dealer, and you know, uh, everybody in everybody in there. Anyway, so much lighter the next one. Uh, get in touch with us, please, by all means. We're going to start doing a lot more content for the Facebook page, and maybe even resurrect the Instagram page. Who what? knows? I know. Who knows? Uh, but Twitter, nobody, nobody seems to sort of react on Twitter. So we might be leaving that to one side. You can contact us on Twitter. We'll get the notification. We'd love to hear from you. But if you want to send us a message, send us um, Facebook Messenger, as, as some of our listeners have done, which has been great. And it's lovely to hear from you. So please, you know, get in touch. Again, put recommendations in that, you know, Amanda will completely ignore if she didn't like, you know, if she doesn't like the film. So it's fine. Don't worry. Um, I might even make you have to do Police Academy 2 back in training. Oh, please carry me three back in training. Um, anyway, right, to be continued. Um, right, we'll see you on the next one. Um, so I will say, um, to I, what I forget, do I say cheerio? Mm. Cheerio, to the pit. Bye. <laughs> 